one is in a few days, go to the doctor, have the procedure and no guarantees, but, but there's that story for you. Um, and it's very, you know, it's very straightforward in terms of what to expect. Um, story two is come with me into mystery. Welcome to the Isle of Misfits, and have we got a show for you. Okay, that's Veggie Tales, but I don't think they own the phrase, so I'm still going with it, because we do indeed have a show for you, because we've got Alan Arnold from Wild at Heart Ministries back in the studio. Well, actually, I'm in the studio. He's on the phone, but the point is he's here now talking to me, your humble misfit host, Nancy Carmichael, and I couldn't be more thrilled to have him here on the line to talk about his brand new book called Waves of Creativity and so much more. So, hey, welcome back, Alan. How are you? Thanks, Nancy. I'm, well, I'm doing great. Now I've got the VeggieTales theme song playing in my You're head. You're welcome. Um, so, thank you. Yeah, but... <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm doing really, and I love VeggieTales, but I'm doing really well, um, and it's summer in Colorado, and it's just a, it's a great time of the year to get outside and, and do things, and it's, it's, yeah, I'm having a fun time, and it's a wild season, family-wise, we've got a lot going on, um, but it keeps life moving at a fun pace, so... It's, it's always great. Yeah, when life moves at a fun pace, I'm a big fan of that. So, yeah, and summer in Colorado, I hear it's fantastic. I was there in September once, and it felt very summer-like. I, I remember wildflowers. There were all these beautiful wildflowers everywhere I went. So I imagine it's even better in July. I don't know. Well, everybody, you know, if you live here, you realize pretty quick, once you've been around for a while, you've got about four months of no snow guaranteed almost guaranteed nice and so you know and then but i mean it it snows through end of may it snows through early june sometimes it has and and it could snow again in you know october uh late september so what you find is in that window where there is no snow and it's summer and sunny yeah people have pent up desires to get outside and do things and because they know I've got, you know, this isn't year-round sun. It's it's eight months of snow a lot of times. Um, so it's this is the season where everybody's out and about doing whatever they've been wanting to do for those other eight months. Oh, I got it. I hear you because I, I got to tell you, we, we have that here in Buffalo, too, almost. Maybe not June, but close to June. Sometimes we just don't have the mountains. So there's that. So. But I hear you. I hear you getting outside. Yes, I, I made a quality decision some years ago that I would never complain no matter how hot it gets. And it does get hot here, believe it or not, um, because it's not going to last. You're going to blink and it's over. So, yeah, getting outside is yeah. where it's at. Exactly. Exactly. So, so yeah, so aside from all that, you know, we were kind of talking offline and um, I, wanted to, I wanted to ask you, because aside from getting out in the in the nice weather and getting you know through this past year of all this craziness you've had some others you've had some stuff some pretty big stuff going on and i'm gonna set it up this way you sound great like your voice sounds really 
strong. And why am I asking you or why am I saying that? So I'm going to let you talk about why that's such an amazing thing that your voice sounds so strong right now. Yeah, it's it's so this is a really miraculous story that's so like mind-blowing to me still. I'm I'm just barely out of what has happened and so would love to share that with you and your listeners and that is back in January, February, I do a lot of speaking. Um, to creativity conferences, coaching calls with writers, um, keynoting at different events. And January and February had many of those back-to-back where I was speaking five, six, sometimes seven hours a day, straight day after day after day. I never realized before you could fry your vocal cords. Like that, that wasn't even a thought in my mind. I kind of saw vocal cords in my voice like, you know, It'd be like a car you never had to put gas in. You just get in and you go. And you, you open your mouth and you speak. And you never have to stop and get gas. You never have to, you know, do maintenance on it. Mm. And shortly after those probably five, six weeks, my voice just went out. And it was at about 40, 35, 40% best. Uh, it sounded hoarse, like uh, like I had a cold or like I had a sore throat or um, and, and the more I talked in a day, the more it would go out. So by the end of the day, it was, it was barely there. And this went on for months and months. And I thought, wow, I just need to rest my voice. But uh, no amount of not speaking or resting it for days, no home remedies, nothing worked. And so I finally saw a specialist. And the third specialist, puts, uh, they have these. You know, it looks like an alien tentacle they, they put through your nose, down your throat, but it has a camera on it. Oh, fun. And, that sounds like a course, fun procedure. Oh, oh, it's, well, that's not even, I mean, that's just, you know, like, there's no warning, really. It's just like, hey, let's just take a look at what's going on down there. And, and, uh, and the classic line they always tell you is, just breathe normal, like, like always. And you're like, like <laughs> sure. always with an alien <laughs> tentacle going through my, my head. Um, but there was a camera and you could see a nodule on the vocal cord and basically it's like a callus It happens to singers and speakers. And the doctor said, uh, until this is removed, you're not going to have your voice back. Like it's, it's, it's blocking the vocal cords from closing. And I do this, that's his specialty. I do this all the time. Um, but it's a, it's a procedure. We put you to sleep and you know, you can't speak then for a week and a half or so afterwards. And, and then hopefully your voice will be back after that. And so, hopefully, you know, I've been without my full voice, right? And I'd, I'd been without a full voice by that time for like four months. And so we set up surgery for June 9th. And we're recording this uh, a little over a month after that. But two, three days before the surgery, I really sensed God asked me this question. I was out in my yard. Um, just doing some fun, you know, yard work and, and stuff. And I sense God say, Alan, do you want story one or story two? And I didn't really know what that meant. And so, which is my favorite kind of question when God asks, because I know if I don't know what he means, it's an invitation into conversation. It's an invitation mm-hmm. into more. And so I said, I don't know what's, you know, it's kind of was like, the old game shows where it's like, do you want door number one or door number two? And it's like, I don't know. Tell me more about how it works. And I sense God just, you know, his voice within me saying story one is 
in a few days, go to the doctor, have the procedure, and no guarantees, but but there's that story for you. Um, and it's very, you know, it's very straightforward in terms of what to expect. Um, story two is come with me into mystery. And no guarantees on that story either, other than it's a really good story and you won't know how it goes unless you step into it. And so I'm... That's quite an invitation. Oh, well, it is. And and in the last decade, I've seen God do such miraculous things for so many people on so many fronts. And I've experienced it firsthand in different ways. But, But this was interesting because after you don't have your full voice for, I mean, a long time and everywhere you go, you're having to repeat yourself and you're having to, you know, um, just my throat wasn't sore, but it was just this process. It was exhausting every day. And I do a weekly podcast, um, with the team at wild at heart. I work. Yes, you do. And so I'm doing podcast, you know, with the scratchy soft voice and hoping it lasts. And so anyway, I, it was a little bit of a, well, but the sure thing, what feels like the sure thing is the surgery. And I don't know what this other thing's going to be, but I'm really curious. And so I went with it and I went with story two and, and I just said, God, I, I release you from any expectation I have. I'm not going into it with the demand for healing. I'm not going into it with the, um, pressure of, you know, well, if this doesn't, if this doesn't all come together really fast and really well, I'm going to be kind of upset with you, God. Like you're going to let me down. I did. I released all that and said, God, I'm just in like, let's do it. And so I canceled the surgery and the doctor told me, Hey, Alan, you know, it's, it's your call on canceling it. Like it's not cancer. It's not, you're not going to, it's not, it's not a deadly thing that you have to do right now or never, but here's the deal your voice isn't coming back. And so until you do the procedure, so when you're tired of waiting, call me and come back hmm. and I'll be here. And so I canceled it. Well, within uh, three days, I still didn't have my full voice back, but, but I sensed God was in motion. And, and the kind of the pressure was I had a conference I was leading a week later. And so I needed that voice for another five, six hours a day coming about a week from then. And if I didn't have it, it was going to be a lot of <laughs> dead airspace on the, you know, in the conference because I was the one talking yep. and I was doing one, one counseling with coaching with people. And, and so in three days, I'm still, I can sense something's happening, but you know, I don't know what that story is fully yet. I just know I'm in the right story it was where my heart rose like that was where the passion was that was where the joy was was i want to be in the story too and for listeners you know i just wanted to say like it had nothing to do with can god not heal through doctors i i knew he could and right. so that wasn't the the question or the issue that i was stepping through you know of you know well yes god can heal through a doctor so just do that it was really the story of something unexpected and wild that God said, I'm, I'm coming over here or down this path. Do you want to go with me? And so that was what drove me into story two was, yeah, I want to be in that with you. Mm-hmm. And, and a day later, my full voice came back 
and it's been a hundred percent back ever since I did the conference. I did, which is a lot of, you know, strain on the vocal cords. Um, it stuck, it stayed strong the whole time and it's been, been strong since. And, and my wife asked me an interesting question. She said, do you want to go back to the doctor and have that tube go down your nose? And I'm like, no. <laughs> And she's like, no, 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 but but just to see is the right. nodule there uh-huh. or is it gone? Uh-huh. And I'm like, I, I'm I, I don't even it doesn't even really matter to me. Like if it's yeah. there and God is working through it, or if yeah. it's gone yeah. and he took it away. Either way, the doctor said it was impossible for what's happening to happen, and another specialist have said that, and especially like after four and a half, five and a half, six months, and then you make a decision with God and then within days this this has happened and so it's a really cool story of finding not only a better story the story you know I call it now like do I want story one or story two like I'll enter the day that way I want story two I want the story that God says you only get to experience if you follow me into wildness story one more predictable more expected not bad not wrong, not evil, not any of those things, but just do I want to live story one, which is how I see, I live by sight and expectation and kind of the world's way of dealing with whatever's going on. Yeah. Or do I want story two? And it's, so this voice issue is a great example of, man, I hope I always choose story two. And the mm-hmm. only guarantee in story two, it's not healing always it's not financial success always it's not you know an incredible breakthrough always the beautiful thing about story two the one guarantee is you get god you get god's story and no other guarantee so if you're going into story two like if i'd gone into it with like okay i'm in but if i don't have my voice back what a total devastating failure of story two no story two is the guarantee is I get God in this wild, intimate invitation to see the impossible, to see what he's going to do, however and whatever he does or doesn't do. The way it plays out is going to be something that's going to make a killer story for myself and my children and my wife and my future, you know, speaking with people. And so I want it. I want that intimacy with God in that way. And that's what it that's what you know came through and he did as always god is always over delivering he's always doing more than we imagine in ways we can't imagine um but that's that story and that's what i literally it just was a few weeks ago you know about a month ago when that happened so okay wow first of all and second of all secondly What's beautiful, there's so much beautiful about what you just shared, but one beautiful thing that sticks out to me is that with either of those stories, or door one or door two, like, there was no hint of condemnation. Like, yeah, I'm, I won't be mad at you, you know, no matter no matter which one you choose. If you choose the doctor, that's fine. But what I'm hearing, you know, the deeper our dependence on him, right, the deeper he goes with us, and it's it's that invitation, and it's always winsome. Yeah. It's it's never condemning. Right. It's it's just an invitation. Hey, you wanna you wanna go you wanna go for a ride? Don't know where it's gonna go, but I'll be with you. 
Exactly. And yeah. And one thing it exposed in me, which I realized only kind of as I was in it uh, and after the fact, was I just put so much confidence in things of the world sometimes that uh, I wish I, in my, my desire, harsh desires, to have that kind of confidence far more in God. Meaning, before the surgery, what it revealed, one of the things it revealed to me is. Um, do I believe if I went through the door of the doctor and the procedure that I would have had my voice back? I would have, and I'm talking about before I canceled, I would have said 99% yes. Like if I go in, do what they say, he does his thing, then it he has a 99 or more success rate. That's what I believe. Do I believe God could heal it? I believe he could, but do I believe he would heal it if I didn't go to the doctor. I should have a hundred percent belief in that. Mm -hmm. that, that, that. Not that he, not that he would, but that he could, and that that would be the more sure thing. If you know, like, because God is a healer, right? God created the doctor, and God, you know, like, I should have more faith in that. And so, yeah, neither is wrong. But one of the things it revealed too is where do I put my trust? Like, do I put my trust? in my 401k, in yeah. my doctor, in all the things the world says, this is the way you handle you yeah. have a financial need, fill it this way. You have a medical need, it's this way. And I really wanted, and I now have, that shift in my heart that's more toward the, yes, there are certainly ways the world works that God is in, and he works through people and their gifting in those ways to help us. And why have I personally in the past diminished my belief that God would be the first and best choice, not the last resort, not when things go wrong. Now, you know, like I heard somebody say the other day, like, well, I mean, we've tried everything else. All that's left is prayer. Yeah. And it's like, and, and I know intuitively <laughs> that's wrong, but sometimes I think yeah. that's how we, we're like, we're, sure. we'll keep doing what the world gives us until it doesn't work and then we'll throw a Hail Mary pass up, you know, to God and say, okay, now God, can you, can you help? And I want to flip that story yeah. every yep. flip it, flip it, flip it. And that's the kind of story I want to stay in is that story too. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. And that, and that whole, um, would and could, that's, I think where I get caught up because we know that God could and can and does. He, He's the creator of all things, right? The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. So, of course, he could. Uh, but it's that question of, well, will you? And what does it mean? Like, even when he says, well, this is, uh, I'm inviting you into mystery, right? Come with me into the mystery. Oh, what does that mean? Oh, that means I'm not in control. That means I don't, you know. So I don't 100% know where this is going to go. But... The greater thing, as you said, is, well, God's with me. So what, what am I going to fear? If God is for us, who can be against us? Right. And, and, and ultimately, it's so exposing in a beautiful way, messy way, too. But, but like ultimately, it's exposing to say, okay, story two, I want to live that way in whatever I'm facing. But am I okay with the only guarantee being God? Like... Exactly. If, if, if I send that thing move across the country, do I start trying to put in that? Oh, okay, but 
will I find a church that's equally good or better? Will I will will I have a, a job that pays more? Will I find yeah. a community that's that's stronger? Like or to replace the other one? Like Yeah. You know, you get those things. But I think we have to go into it going, Maybe not. The the guarantee yeah. is God is right with you heavily lovingly in that story fathering you and and you get that anything else is bonus you know and and you may get you may get all the boxes checked or you may get none of the other boxes checked are you okay with that because if you're not and you stay in story one then you never get all that god had even though it may be radically different than you imagined for story two are you in for the ride with the guarantee being god and everything else is a question mark until God starts to reveal what his plan is. Mm-hmm. So I think you have outlined this actually in this book and in other books, which we're going to get to, um, with two E words, right? Um, expectations versus expectancy. And that's exactly what you're talking about, right? Expectation is, well, this is how I think it's, it should go according to my plan. Right. And that's what, you know, we often do. I do it a, a lot, but I'm, I'm becoming more aware of that. But, but being invited into expectancy is a whole different deal. Radically different. And, and that's the very best thing, you know, um, Nancy, when people will ask, well, how do I make, sometimes I'll be at a, a conference or wherever, and they'll say, how do I make what you're saying practical? Like, what's, what's one thing I can do every day? Because with God, I want to live with him. I want to have this experience. I want to live like a son or daughter. But how do I change that desire to like in motion action? And the very thing that I think is the first and best thing to do is wake up every morning before your feet hit the floor with an expectancy. Um, you know, it, it's kind of a focus where you say, Abba, Father, what do you have for us today? Not for me, for us. Mm. What do you have for us? Mm-hmm. And if you're waking up before you pick up your iPhone and before you run to the restroom or you run to your breakfast or out the door, it's in bed one minute. doesn't have to be long, 30 seconds, a minute, two minutes, and just lay there and go, God, what do you have for us today? Cause, because that opens up the day. Not only it aligns you in union with God, but it creates a sense of wonder and awe of what could be and it's and it's really a releasing of control it's it's saying before i even look at my to-do list god what do you have for us to do and it may not match that to-do list at all i may get a phone call in 30 minutes that changes my whole day yep. but god you align my heart for that so i'm not caught off guard and i'm not taken out by the chaos because i'm i'm aligning and i'm in union with you as a father and a son father and a daughter so that's that expectancy i think we we start first thing in the morning and it changes the not only the rhythm of our heart that day but the trajectory of our whole day because we see god with us in everything happening yeah and it changes our perspective right because the thing that we think is a disruption or an interruption oh that just messed up my whole plan well if god's in it we're in this together then maybe it's not the interruption. Maybe this is the plan because God and his sovereignty is allowing it to happen. So, right. My, yeah. yeah. My father-in-law, 
uh, years ago, I was talking to him about it was it was like New Year's Eve right around that time period, and I was telling him, yeah, you know, I'm going to really keep this. I've got this new calendar system, and I'm going to keep this schedule for the day because it lets me maximize everything I want to do. And he said, well, let me see it. And I was showing him, and he just he just grinned, and I remember him saying, wow, like there's a lot of stuff there, but are you leaving room for God to show up in your day? Mm. And and it was, and he didn't say it condemning and he didn't yeah. say it, you know, but, but it, it yeah. really pricked my conscience. Like I, I, I remember it, you know, years later, like, ah, yeah. Like we can set our expectations on here's what I want the day to be. And here's how I judge it to be a success or God, I give you the story. I give you the day. I mean, what is our story? Our story is made up of chapters and our chapters are made up of pages and those pages are made up of sentences, and those sentences are our days. And so if we want to live a better story, it doesn't just miraculously, we don't just find ourselves in in some magical story. We find ourselves in the day that we plan on, meaning either we plan on our own schedule or we set up a day of wild expectancy with God. And those days make up the story that we ultimately have with our life that's our life story and so we only can live it a day and a decision at a time and that's to me always now the short the kind of the shorthand for that in my mind is story two story two am i living story two or am i falling back in story one am i falling back into smaller story control um you know tight expect expectations on this better work out this way. I have, or I have to have this work out this way. Or I'm going to fall apart or I'm going to lose my temper or I'm going to lose hope. You know, no, 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 I don't want that. I don't want that. So I keep trying to kind of redirect myself in a, in a good way, not in a shaming way, but in a good way yeah. to story two, story two, story two. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it makes me think of that CS Lewis quote and I'm going to butcher it, but the essence of it was, you know, we content ourselves uh, to play in a mud puddle, right, when a holiday at the sea is offered to us. <laughs> and, you know, the sea is wild, and you know, the, the mud puddle is safe, right, because it's it's contained, and I can it's shallow, and I can splash in it, and I can have a certain amount of fun there. Um, but the sea, you know, I can't contain that. It's It could be dangerous, right? I could, I could drift off. I could drown. I could get eaten by a shark. But, wow, yeah. two different stories, right? Well, into the into the child in the mud puddle, you know. I think within that, within C.S. Lewis's work, he, he could, there's kind of an inference of the child in the mud puddle has never seen the sea, right. and so him or her, the mud puddle is as good as it gets. Yeah, like it's it. They don't even have a comparison, and I think, you know. So when they do choose God and get the sea and and the beauty there, what was beyond. They they didn't even know you know it's kind of like a kid who's who's crying to stay on the park ground when you're offering them a trip to you know Hawaii right. and you're like no 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 this is right. and they're like no this is I want the sl- plastic slide right here right and because it's what I can see and it's what I know yeah yep yeah there's more you know I think that's the that's the resounding theme in all of this that there's more there's more for you and no you don't know it all but that's the point that's the mystery right. that's the adventure 
Right. Right. Knowing we live in a culture, and it has been in America, I think, for a long time, where knowing has become this kind of goal. Like, I, I know about everything through Google. I know, you know, through social media. I know about the latest news. I know about the all the, you know, celebrities. I know about the sport because I watch videos on it. And, and we want to know things. But I think with God, the invitation is always right. But that kind of knowledge is not wisdom. That's data. That's information. That's uh things are going to just go in and out of your brain that you forget about almost as soon as you see it. But that's not experience. You know, you can watch a surfer, but you're not, if you're not surfing, then you've watched something, but you don't know it, you know about it. And, and so I think with God, the invitation is always follow me, come with me. It's, you have to experience this. This is, that's how you get wisdom. That's how your story becomes one other people are drawn into is not this. But, you know, we live in a culture where everybody's head is stuck in their phone. And you go, what? Like, I know <laughs> I'm not going to rant here. I'm going to control myself. But, like, you know. It's okay. You can rant. You have well, permission. I, like, <laughs> you know, you, I mean, it's anywhere. But you go to a restaurant. And everybody, like couples, families, they're with other people, friends, and both people are stuck in their phone. And it's like, yeah, what are you, you know, what they're probably saying they're doing is they're updating something on social media. And yeah. you're like, but, but you have the real person. Right, right. right. In front of, <laughs> yeah. Like, and, and you're texting or you're doing tweeting yes. or you're doing something. Yes. And we were um, at a fireworks show um, just a, a week or so ago. And <laughs> no, this is going to hurt. I know where you're going, but go ahead. Well, and, and we're in lawn chairs with with, with yeah. a lot of close friends and, and acquaintances. And, you know, I mean, this is the height of the, it's probably a 30, 45 minute, you know, blazing lights in the sky, yeah. beauty, yeah, um, yeah. noise, you know, and they're on their phone. And, I'm, and, I'm, and, it, and I was trying so hard not to, like, it's not judgment. It's not. But it's like a, it's just like a desire for them. Like, what are you doing? Like, I, okay. you could be fully present in your. Yes. And so anyway, that's part of story two as well. Yeah. So all right, I gotta, I gotta just interject this because I thought you were gonna go here because I'm very this. I actually did this. We saw two fireworks shows. The first one. Um, I watched them. I wasn't looking at my phone, but I used my phone to take pictures. <laughs> so rather than fully experiencing them, as you say, I was, and I got some really great shots. Um, but, but yeah, but it's the whole idea. It's like, no, they're there in front of you. Just experience it. So yeah, there's that. And and I think, and what is that really? I think that's the enemy always keeping us from being fully present. And you know, right. you go back to, garden and it's do you want the the tree of the knowledge of good and evil or do you want the tree of life and i think yeah. we want that tree of i want to I, I want data i want knowledge I yeah want to isn't that amazing out I, i'm look. i'm always looking for how i can fill this hole in me and there's got to be more because god's god's holding out somehow because i don't have everything every shiny thing i want or i i don't have validation in the ways i want from this world and so we're constantly trapped in this smaller mud puddle. 
and mm-hmm. and the iPhone is a big mud puddle. Like, mm-hmm. does it have some good? You know, I love it when I need direction somewhere. You know, and it can give mm-hmm. me a map, or it's a camera in my hand, and that's mm-hmm. fun to have when you have a family event. But in general, like, I've been on a quest the last two years. Make my phone as unattractive and unhelpful as possible. And I always get the newest phone from work. And so I always have the latest phone. I mean, it's just part of, you know, they upgrade their equipment. So my kids are always like, Dad, you've got the most current phone that can do everything and you do nothing with it. And I'm like, I what know. A waste. Exactly. Right. I don't yeah. want, and so I've taken off email and I've taken off uh, Safari and I, I've taken off everything on my phone I can. Oh, you're so it. brave. Oh, okay. New life goal. Thank you. It, well, I mean, it, to me, if I just keep waking up every day wanting to do something less, but I but nothing else changes, yeah, yeah. I kind of stay as close. So I was I was on a mission two years ago, like make my phone basically a phone, yeah. not a not a high tech computer that distracts me every time somebody, you know, if I'm if I'm with somebody and they walk away, I pick up my phone to see what the world is is having to say. Like, no, I don't want that anymore. And, and oh wow. Okay, this is hurting, but in a really good way because I'm I'm feeling I'm not just hearing what you're saying, I'm feeling it deep deeply within. So thank you. Yeah. It's it's helped me stay in story too more. You know, it's not a yeah. it's not a legalism, it's not a it's not a discipline that I am saying is the thing above all things, but I am saying if you want to live in story too, you have to be present. Like that's one of the key ingredients when we watch a movie, think about even a movie, you know, it always helps me in story to, to go to a story, to a movie and instead of just my life and to look at that and go, if we, would we watch a movie where the protagonist was on their phone the whole time? Mm. We'd, mm. we'd be dude, get off the phone and <laughs> oh, like, and live. like, get the story yeah. going. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. and we want our story to be going and our heads are stuck in our phone. Like, get, you want to live a better story, there are certain things you have to do. You have to be present mm-hmm. to what's going on around you. You have to have a quest or a mission. You know, you have to you have to have a sage, and it's not a sage you're tweeting with. You know, like it's a sage in your life. And 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 so what I'm naming is, you know, the phone is just a part of that. Other people have other distractions, yeah. but but sure. or obsessions. But right. yeah, how do you how do you stay in a larger story? And if you're not present to what's going on around you and you don't have eyes to see and ears to hear, it's really hard to not get drawn back into the numbness and the regularity and the and just the pull of story one. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, because we, we want, we so desperately want God's presence, right? So that that's the thing. That is the ultimate thing we we could long for is the presence of the living God. And yet, how present are we in our own lives? So, oh my gosh, this is good, good stuff. You know, there's that song lyric, I don't know, it's a Sarah Gross song. I just showed up for my own life, right? And I'm standing there taking it in and it sure oh. looks right or fine or something like that. But there's another quote, actually, I want to quote to you. It's a quote from your own book, and it's so funny because I didn't know this conversation was going to go where it's going, but I just happened to coincidentally have a quote right in front of me, and I didn't even highlight it, but here it is. This is Alan Arnold speaking. The pull is to quick answers and shortcuts, but God keeps inviting us to choose 
the harder, longer, unknown path. It's not about the shortest distance between two points, but the necessary journey from who you are to who you're becoming. Isn't that interesting? Because isn't that, isn't that what we're talking about? Oh, it's, it's exactly what we're talking about. And one of my favorite, I, I just use this term, and you'll know what I mean by this, but I, I don't mean it in some weird, like, woo-woo way. But one of my favorite kind of mystics, meaning a woman who I think knows God in deep and intimate ways through her writings, I get to experience some of that is Madeline Lingle. And she I keep wrote, hearing uh, her name. That's so... Yeah. Okay. All right. Oh. Listen, I guess I should pay I, attention. So you should. You should. And I should. because, And the listeners should. Because she was a writer in the 60s, 70s, 80s. And she passed away um, several years ago. But she wrote fiction and nonfiction. Most people know her through her fiction, A Wrinkle in Time. Wrinkle in Time. Which, yep. Yep. Which... Oprah made a really bad movie about uh, mm-hmm. that doesn't capture the book at all and is a Disney movie that just it was like they kind of tried to take God out of the the equation and make a movie and the whole point of it is God and so it was hollow but but the books are amazing and and then nonfiction she has a book walking on water that's all about um, our creativity and our desires. And one of the things she says in it to, to the quote you read and what we're talking about is we are always a becoming. We are always a becoming. We're always becoming more or less of something based on how we live our days, what we believe. And so every day we're in a state of becoming and, 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 and what we do is also in a state of becoming our our art whatever our art is whether we're a stay-at-home parent a teacher a coach a writer a musician we're always in a state of becoming and our art follows and so our art is always in a state of becoming and when we get stuck then our gifting our our influence gets stuck and and so sometimes you know a lot of a lot of creative people look to their creativity like an idol to kind of turn their life around and I and I always have to tell them, no, actually the art is looking at you saying, you go first. You mm-hmm. go first, you change, you become, you live a bigger story, and then I'll follow. And, and, and so, yes, like we want the quick, we want the easy, we want the fast, and that never leads to fully becoming more. It, it just doesn't, and I think when you look at people who are stuck and burnt out and overwhelmed, and I've been there, and I and I am talking to myself again as well as anybody, but when you look at that, you have to go, I, I'm in a smaller story because I'm not stepping into something larger that's beyond me, that, that I release my little control of that mud puddle, and I step into something that I don't have control over, and mm-hmm. I don't set all the I don't set the agenda and I don't get to say everything that's going to happen it it doesn't always match my list of wants but do I want that story nonetheless or do I want the little story that I control as much as I can that's pretty boring and that I'd never even go to a movie to I would never watch that movie of a person who's living the life I'm living 
So why mm-hmm. do I want to? Why do I want to live a story I wouldn't even pay ten dollars to see at the theater because I'd be bored out of my mind? Why do I want to live that story? It's a, it's a good question that you. you That's a kind great of question. At. Yeah, who goes to a movie to you know that it's just safe? Oh, everything every day is uneventful, and they're just on the beach every day, and nothing ever happens, and. No, no one's going to go to that movie because, like you said, it's it's boring. The whole the whole convention of story is conflict, right? Um, yeah, and yeah, through you know, uh, death and rebirth is always at the heart, the middle point, or yeah. a little after the middle point of most good movies, where the protagonist has to die to their expectations. They have to die to their old way. They have to in order to be reborn in some way, that to be a different person at the end of the story, and 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 I'm not just talking about like, okay, well I'll be a different person if I live to 80. By the time I get to be 80, I'll be a different person. No, I'm saying we all have endless cycles of of those stories that play out, and each each time we get to live one story before the next story, we get to choose: are we going to die to self and live to something larger, or are we going to kind of stay our same self and the story just collapses and falls apart because there is no great story where the the protagonist doesn't change and if you're the protagonist i mean god is the protagonist of the story but if you're the protagonist of your you know individual day meaning you're the one making choices and you're the one being changed and you refuse to change then your story kind of sucks you know Mm -hmm. like nobody Mm -hmm. wants to see it and you don't want to live it Understandably, and that's why we turn to relief and distraction and our iPhone because we're yeah. bored in our own story. And the invitation is right, you are, and you don't have to be, but you're not going to find your story, you know, searching endlessly on an iPhone or on Netflix or in a bottle of alcohol or in, you know, all these other distractions. You're not going to find story too that way ever oh boy you are speaking some words my friends uh they kind of remind me of some other words that uh will probably be familiar to many of us listening right now that he who seeks to save his life will lose it right but when we lose our life we find it in him right when we lose our lives for his sake that's when we find them because he invites us into that bigger story, into that bigger picture, into the sea rather than the little puddle that we can contain. And Alan, I feel like in some ways we haven't even begun to talk about your book, but in other ways I feel like this is exactly what we've been talking about because just a little tiny glimpse of what Ways of Creativity is all about, just this this, this timeless wisdom to, to step into something bigger than yourself that's not about you. But something right. so, but includes you, yeah. Exactly, and in waves of creativity, it's it's unlike anything I've written. But it, it's not even a book with chapters in it. It is a book of thoughts and ideas. And what people are telling me, it just came out a few weeks ago. But what people are saying they like most about it is they're in a day that's already overfull and and just jam packed they can pick this book up and turn to any page and it's got a thought or two in different handwriting styles, like beautifully designed that you can just take in a thought 
and you don't have to start somewhere and end somewhere. You can read a page, you can flip back and forth, but it's on themes and topics of God and creativity and really story too. Like, and so this through these reminders, and I mean for it to be, I called it waves of creativity because I want it to feel like waves washing over the reader of, this is not one more thing you have to do. It's not something you have to get through with these long chapters. And, and it opens with an allegory, uh, and this is the wild part. I wrote it before the story I'm telling you about my voice um, playing out the way it did, but the allegory has right. these seven people on a beach, and it really is a story about them finding their voice. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, if, I caught mythic, that, yeah. So it's, I mean, it, you know, I would just say for listeners, if you're trying to figure out, well, you know, what, like, what am I, how am I supposed to change my story or change the story of my family or of my, of my dreams? How do I, how do I pursue those with God? Well, you can read that 12-page allegory. You can just go to Amazon and look inside the book, and because it's in the first 12 or so pages, you can read the whole allegory like without ever buying the book if you want to. Just take 10 minutes and read it um, and get a look at what the book is through some of the other pages with the thoughts. But that's my hope, is uh, the reader feels like this is helping me discover how to step into a larger story in a way that's very encouraging, very inviting, and also helps me, it's a little disruptive in a good way, in that it, it keeps me focused on, oh, am I living this way or this way? Do I want the larger story or the smaller story? Expectancy or expectations? And so, you know, if a thought a day can help people do it, or a couple of thoughts when they have time, like, man, that's my desire. Oh, and there's such good thoughts, too. I mean, just like you said, I love even that you did the different fonts and the different handwriting styles. And it's so every it's it's just it changes things up. And even even that I thought was brilliant. But yeah, just the whole idea, you know, you have a voice. You, Alan, you, whoever is listening right now, you have a voice and your voice matters. But it's not just for you. And whether we stay in that small story of, okay, well, this is for me. And I, I mean, that's, I guess that's okay. If you want to, you know, make it about you, there, there is a, there's a certain essence to that story. And I guess there might be some satisfaction, but there's a whole world that's so much bigger than that. And that's what God invites us into. And that's what this book is all about. And I, I'm, I'm just loving it. I'm loving just, just doing the Selah thing, just, just meditating on these on these thoughts that are, you know, they might not be pages and pages at a time, but but they're they're so profound and there's so much to just dwell on. So I I love it. So thanks for writing this book. Absolutely. Well, it, you know, one thing that God has been showing me, Nancy, and maybe we can like this could be kind of a closing thought just for listeners to think about. But I knew it was something as God was pulling me into it that you would be like a kindred spirit on it. And that is the whole idea of creativity, meaning what makes us come alive. You know, some people don't think they're creative. They are, but they just need a, a different definition. Well, right. God giving us our creativity was a very risky thing for God. And I go into a little of this in the allegory uh, and then in some of the thoughts in the book, but 
we have to realize God did not have to make us creative. He chose to do that. He could have he could have created humanity with no creativity within them if he wanted to. And and the thing is with our creativity, we have the ability to imagine. And so we can imagine what life could be one way or another way. Well, look at how risky that was even from the garden with Adam and Eve. They have creativity. They are meant to be you know, in charge of the garden and, and to populate the world and to and to name the animals and to do all these creative things. But they use part of their creativity, their imagination, when the enemy comes into the garden, the serpent, and they imagine, yeah, what if God is holding out on us? And yeah, what if there is a better way? So the creativity God gives them, their imagination, they imagine life without the creator. And, mm. and and they choose that path, which ultimately creates the fall and creates all the devastation that, that we deal with today and that we, you know, have as part of our kind of DNA, that fallen nature that we have to, to have redeemed and that we have to have God come in and, and transform. But I say that because God could have then said, that's it. I'm taking creativity away from humanity because they imagined things and they create things they create idols they create things that are destructive and that are demeaning and that pull people away from me and yet he doesn't he trusts his sons and daughters with this risky gift of creativity and and then we get to choose how we wield that gift but it is costly to god it is risky and he is big enough and beautiful and and daring enough to continue giving it to us so everybody listening, you know, whatever your dreams and passions are, man, you need to find out how to pursue them with God because he took great risk in giving you those gifts and desires and passions and talents. And in many, more than more than not, choose to, to wield it in a way against God, uh, in a way that's hurtful and harmful to people and to God through what they create and the atmosphere they create and the things they create. So this book really, too, is an invitation of, like, yes, God gave you something really risky, and it's far more powerful than you think. And if you want to live a larger story, part of that involves stepping into your gifting with God and letting that creativity be worth the risk that God put into it by you now getting to know God through the creative process of whatever you love to do, whatever you're good at, and that also changes the world around you. So it's intimacy and impact all together when you pursue your dreams with God. And what can we say to that? But amen. I mean, that that's a great way to land. Um, Alan, thank you. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for being so generous with your time. And I know you got to get on to your day. And we didn't even play a stupid game. I can't believe it. But it just means you have to come back because I'm going to save it for you. Yeah, I, well, I realized about halfway through, I didn't get the game. Wait, we talked about door one and door two, but we never got our game. That's okay. Um, you know what? I think, yeah, I thought about it. I thought, nope, it's not for today. So that just means another time. <laughs> well, if it involved Barry Manilow or Earth, Wind, and Fire, and we didn't get to do it, I'm I'm a little bit sad. But I understand and we're going to get to it. Let's do it again sometime. Let's so we do can it get again. All right. 
maybe okay. maybe that's all we'll do. Just a whole podcast of stupid games. But thanks again. Thanks for just uh, sharing your heart. Thanks for being obedient. Thanks for stepping into that larger story because it encourages us. Well, thank you for this podcast because your whole podcast is a realm of mystery and ideas mm. and creativity and, and uh, the larger story. So, like, you've created this playground that we got to be on today and and it came with a lot of hard work and risk and sacrifice. So I just want to name that and say, I don't take it for granted that there is this podcast, but that was from your heart and your dreams. And thank you for risking that and uh, creating it. Cause it's really a beautiful place to, to spend time. Wow. Well, all right. We're just going to keep thanking each other back and forth, but that, that I'm, I'm so grateful for that encouragement. So, Hey, God bless your day. Say hey to all the Wild at Heart folks for all of us, and we will talk with you soon. Awesome. Thanks, Nancy. Okay, so I don't know about you, but I'm going to go back and listen to this again. Maybe a few times, because, wow, there's a whole lot of truth and a whole lot of life packed into this here conversation and you know what? That always seems to happen when Alan visits us here on the aisle. Go figure. But if you want more wow, I'll tell you what you got to do. Get his book, Waves of Creativity, wherever you get your books. And you don't got to thank me, but you can thank God because I'm right there thanking God right there with you. Now, if you want more great conversations like this and more misfit wow, look me up. Isleofmisfits.com. That's I-S-L-E of Misfits.com because there's something for everyone. And speaking of, oh, wow. I keep saying wow, but I mean it. We've got some truly great episodes coming up. So you may just want to subscribe. I'm on Spotify. I'm on iTunes. So yeah, look me up because you don't want to miss a misfit moment. And in the meantime, own that awkward of yours. Love them, fellow misfits out there, and seek all the truth and beauty you can get your little misfit hands on. Every day, every hour, overwhelm me with your power. Rearrange me here and now. Every day, every hour, overwhelm me with your power. Rearrange me here and now.